The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. It's Success Happens on 930 WFMD, blending business and politics. Success Happens with your host, Jen Charlton. Good morning, everyone. It's great to be with you today. It is a rainy weekend for sure, but it's a great day in America because we are going into our election process, and this is our time to express our voice, and our, our vote is our voice. Now, there's some challenges to that right now, and there's a lot of people across the country working to make sure that your voice, your vote, matters. So today is really about giving you information about how to ensure your vote is the most effective it can be. In other words, it's not watered down by a system that may offer different voting processes through the, the equipment and the system that could potentially um, produce a different outcome than what you and I want. And our vote is our voice. We must protect that. So the first thing I want to say is get out the vote. You must get out and vote. And you're going to hear this from Dr. Doug Frank. I interviewed him back in August. So this is a little bit of an older show, but I wanted to make sure I got it to you because I think it's timely. He talks about getting out the vote. And right now is that time. So you've got to show up. You've got to get your neighbors to show up. You've got to get your friends and family to show up. Everybody must be on post to post their vote this election season. So take a listen to Dr. Doug Frank, terrific guy, and we'll be uh, back at the end of the uh, segments at the news break, and I have some more information for you at that time. So enjoy. Good morning, this is Jen with Success Happens, and I have back with me today Dr. Douglas G. Frank. And Doug has been generous with his time, his talent, his treasure that God gifted him with so that he could help us with understanding first election fraud, but then unveiling where it went wrong. And frankly, let's have it overturn some things so that we can actually have the election outcomes that the people wanted. Right, Doug? Isn't that what it's about? Yeah, I don't care whether I win or lose. I just want it to be real. Right. Let's deal with the truth. Yeah, I mean, if you lose and you lose fair and square, okay, work harder and win next time. But right now, the situation is rigged. There's no way you can win in many situations. There's really only, I shouldn't say no way, there are, there is one way you can still win against a rigged election, but you just have to turn out in massive numbers. You have to overwhelm their ability to cheat. There's and that's a, what happened in Wyoming with Cheney. Yes, you overwhelm it, exactly. You, 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 there's, just, there's only a 10, 15, 20% at max ability to stop ballots. After that, it becomes so obvious you can't pull it off. You know, it was so exciting. I think everybody across the country was cheering for that race. Oh, of course, because so all exciting. the grassroots especially, right? But it isn't over, right? That's just the, pr the primary. And well, and they're going to try and cheat again. And to the yes, point they is, are. you know, um, listen, I think that you've made a really good point. Uh, I know that in talking with uh, Dan Cox, who's running for governor in Maryland, one of the things we talk about is don't get dissatisfied and not vote. Come out in yes. numbers that so overwhelm them that yes. they cr you, we crush it. Yes. Um, I have a friend in uh, Surrey County, North Carolina, that came, came up with a really good 
a metaphor for that. He says, imagine you don't vote, then your name, someone can stuff a ballot in your name. But imagine, you know, it could be for someone you don't like. Or you could vote for somebody you do like. What's the difference? Two. So every time you vote, you're actually voting twice. You're getting, your vote counts double. So, you know, don't, don't see an, a fraudulent election as an excuse to not participate. See a fraudulent election as a reason to participate all the more and to pound your neighbor's doors and get them to turn out. Because if you don't do that, then you're just giving the bad guys the keys to the keys to the bank and they're going to steal all your money. You got it. You got We have to fight back. And we're seeing the effects of, of a bad election right now after 2020. Look what we're going through. I mean, inflation, they're talking about devaluing the, uh, or de, I'll call it decertifying the dollar. You know, they're talking about cryptocurrencies. They're talking about a complete alteration of how we operate in a way that will leave them in control and us not. And this idea of the people governing ourselves will be dismissed completely. Yeah, we'll lose it forever. The whole first three words, we the people, is supposed to be about us. Yeah. And we've been kind of conditioned into paying somebody else to run our government and paying somebody else to educate our children and paying someone else to run our elections. We need to remember, no, no, no. If, if we do that, we get what we deserve and we're getting what we deserve right now. And we now need to repent. We need to turn back uh, the clock and we need to remember, hey, wait a minute, we're supposed to be the government. We should raise our own, our own children with our own two hands. We shouldn't be delegating that to somebody else. In the same way, we should be running our elections with our own two hands, not delegating to somebody else. And I think that's, to your point, people haven't been involved. And now it's the opportunity to get involved, like parents have been at the Board of Ed. Yeah. We have to show up at the Board yes. of Elections. Yes. In every jurisdiction across this country, we have to post. We have to be present. Yes. So let's, let's talk about this weekend. So we're yeah. here at the Moment of Truth Summit yes. with, uh, that's being hosted by Mike Lindell. And yeah. just a shout out to Mike for his incredible patriotism and generosity and, and, and really his stand for this country. Like he said this morning, we and you said, we don't care who wins. We just want to know that the person who won deserved it. Yeah, or earned it. Yeah, absolutely. Earned it. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Now, what do you see coming out of this weekend? What do you think we can hope for? Well, you know, as I travel the country and I've been in 43 states, the thing I see over and over again is I'll meet with a local group and they're all excited, but they feel alone. They feel like they're all by themselves and, you know, I'll throw some fire, some gasoline on their bonfire and things will perk up and things look good, but they feel alone. So a conference like this brings those small groups from every state in the country together and they get to be not alone. And they cross-pollinate, they share ideas. Hey, this is what works in my state. What worked in your state? Tell me your story. I want to hear, this is my story. And, and so, and, oh. Are you, and we're seeing the common threats. Absolutely. And, and then also, it gives people ideas. And some things work in, like in some states, the precinct strategy is working amazingly well. And so for other people that were wondering whether they wanted to do it or not, they could say, hey, you know, what did you do that made it work so well? So it also accelerates everybody's progress to be together. So I think the first big benefit of this thing is that we're bringing together a bunch of real patriots that love our country, that are willing to fight for it, and energizing them and giving a chance for them to bolster each other. And people are always saying to me, oh, Dr. Frank, thank you so much for all the work you do. You know, how do you keep doing it? You must be so tired. 
hey, I get tired sometimes, but you know what? It's energizing to be with patriot after patriot after patriot. I mean, it's They're amazing ins- people. It's inspiring yeah. to me. You know, it. It's. I feel like I'm getting the benefit of the deal sometimes, right? I'm not just not just helping them. They're inspiring me too. So it it goes both ways, but. They don't feel that. They're, they feel more like themselves, by themselves. So that's what this conference, I think, is super important. That's the first big thing, is that they're together, right? That's big. Another big thing is a lot of people that don't believe in election fraud, they just hear these isolated stories. And so they think, ah, that's just something. It's conspiracy. a one-off. It's a one-off or it's too insignificant. What are you worried about it? When you get to hear all 50 states present the data and the fraud they're finding in every state in the country, that's a huge message and all the lawsuits that are taking, and I we have, no, we have a lawsuit coming up in your state, all the lawsuits that are taking place that they, nobody knew about, why? Because the mainstream media doesn't report them. Of course they don't. And so social media is good, but it only goes so far. So that's why this is so important for Mike to host this and stream this nationally, right? We're basically giving everybody the good news that this is really happening. Well, and there has been progress. There, we know of, uh, DeSantis just announced 20 arrests in Florida. We know that we had a gal arrested some time ago in Arizona who was a uh, mayor who committed fraud. Uh, we, we see that there's actions being taken. Is it enough to decertify states that should not have been certified in the first place? Illegally certified, they, they, yes. Yeah, yeah. Le- have them decertified legally and... Uh, change the outcome of 2020? That can happen. And we only need three states to do that. Uh, if um, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia say, if they, if those three states decertified, and Pennsylvania's already admitted publicly, their Secretary of State, that their election was illegally certified. And Wisconsin, the So Secretary- wait, 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 so stop there. <clears throat> so then what? They've admitted it. So why right. hasn't something just, isn't that an all stop? Well, you would think so, Uh, but keep in mind, I started my work in Pennsylvania, and I showed the Pennsylvania legislature the fraud, and they agreed. So that was Well, and I want to give a shout-out to Doug uh, Mastriano, because he's the candidate for the GOP up there, but he has been such a hero, and he's taken a lot of incoming shots from people in his own party who should be ashamed of themselves for going after him rather than supporting him, because he's in the right on this one. Yeah, he was basically neutered after he... After he um, held the hearings in late November, remember the Pennsylvania hearings? I watched those, and that was even before I started working with Pennsylvania. I saw those hearings. He is a real hero, but after he gave those hearings, he was stripped of his seniority and all of his committee positions. It's outrageous. And all it does is it shows, it should prove to every American that, and people say to me, well, gee, Dr. Frank, isn't that a Republican majority in that legislature? And I'm like, you think it's a Republican majority, but they're rhinos. They're Republican in we name We call that only. an illusion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, here we are in Missouri, and, and the Missouri people will tell you that there's a supermajority of rhinos. They can't fix it because people, you can't get elected in this state. It's too red. You can't get elected in the state with a D in front of your name. you got to have an R in front of your name. So if you're a D, you put an R in front of your name, and you get elected, and then guess what? You act like a D. Well, they've got a supermajority of those now. So how can you ever fix the elections? Because the legislature isn't interested in fixing the elections. You know, I I can't help but wonder if some people don't have serious buyer's remorse. I mean, if you were a Democrat and you stood up for Biden 
you got to really be scratching your head right now saying, yeah. yeah, what was I thinking? What did we, did we, did we really vote for this? I right. mean, do I really like not being energy independent anymore? Do I really like paying all these, all this extra money for gasoline? Do I really like inflation? Do I really like not being able to buy infant baby formula? I mean, this is a completely well, different country than it was four years ago. Republicans are told to be heart, we're heartless. Oh, yeah, you're the ones we don't that, care. You're the ones we don't that want care. to throw grandma I, off the cliff. Right. What kind of thing is like the environmentalists that, and they won't protect the forests. And they won't keep, they won't maintain the forest. So now the forest just burned down. Well, great. I thought you wanted to save the environment. Now you're not protecting the, what's wrong with you guys, right? It is. It's yeah. shocking. Yeah. So we're here. We have September 3rd looming ahead of us. Yeah. And for those of you who have not gotten this message yet, September 3rd is the shred date for all evidence from the 2020 election. And when we say, they say, they call it, well, they've already started shredding evidence illegally. Yes. So how do we stop the shred? Well, let, let's make one point clear. First of all, federal law says you have to preserve all the election records for at least 22 months. It doesn't say you have to destroy them after 22 months. They can keep them as long as they want. And many states have come to me and said, we just passed a law in our legislature in, where we said to all of our clerks, please preserve it for an additional 22 months because of all the controversy around this. And I think that is so smart because even if you're a corrupt politician, you want to do that because it may, then it doesn't look like you're hiding anything, right? Now, for the most part, we have most of the evidence we need. Um, most of the... You know, when you say we, who do you mean we? Well, you know, the, those of us who are working in... The, the, the good guys. Yeah, the good guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean, once I have a copy of your voter records and your voter rolls and, and your cast vote records and things like that, we, you know, we pretty much have what we need, except, I mean, I wouldn't complain to have the ballots. That was Douglas G. Frank. We're going to be right back. Let's take a break for uh, our sponsors. This is Natalie Abbas with an election fraud update. A recently filed RICO racketeering case, Gibson v. Maryland, includes defendants from 21 Maryland jurisdictions, Baltimore City, state and local election boards, and CTCL, which is a nonprofit funded by Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, with Zuckerbugs. Also included are other unknown defendants. The case alleges that CTCL paid local boards $6.2 million and paid people to commit election fraud. If you saw something, say something. Email me at natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Your information will be confidential. Make a difference, volunteer, or donate today to help with legal costs. Send checks payable to Charlton Scientific 501c3 nonpartisan nonprofit to P.O. Box 370, Woodsboro, Maryland 21798. For more information, email natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Help us ensure free and fair elections. Thank you. Past editions of this program are available in the audio vault at wfmd.com, a service of Holtzapfel Heating and Air Conditioning. success happens let's continue with the interview with dr doug frank which i did in august at the moment of truth summit hosted by mike lindell here you go so one of the things people forget is they think that recounts are important as i explained to speaker voss of the house 
the Speaker of the House of Wisconsin, it doesn't matter how many times you count the cash in the register. What matters is how many of the bills are counterfeit. So just because you have a stack of ballots in front of you and you can count them, that isn't necessarily going to disagree with the machines. Uh, what you really need to know is how many of those ballots didn't come from who you think they came from. And that's why the canvassing ends up being important. So a lot of people that are going around doing recounts, I have mixed feelings about it. Sometimes the recounts expose fraud, and that's great. It shows the machine wasn't working right or, or the machines were corrupt. Uh, like the Antrim, Michigan's a perfect case, or Dr. Shiva's case is a perfect case. Those are great cases, but you notice that those are few and far between. They recounted Maricopa. Maricopa was 2.1 million ballots. They came out with an account of 400. So, in other words, a recount is not necessarily the solution. So having the ballots, I suppose is better than not having them, but it isn't the panacea. It, well, and this sense. is a multi-layered, I keep yes. saying this is a five-dimensional war. Yes. So you have to be looking at the ballots, you have to be looking yes. at the internet, yes. you have to be looking at yes. the systems and yes. how they flip it and yes. so forth, right? Yeah, and, and because it's a multi-dimensional war, I agree with you in principle. You need to be fighting to preserve everything because you never know which of the, which of the ways of cheating you're going to discover. Uh, so I'm not opposed to to saying to them, hey, you got, you know, uh, you need to preserve the records. But at the same time, I think it's in their political interest to preserve the records. I think you should make that argument to them. You can say, if you delete these records, which you're not required to do, it just makes you look dirty. It makes you look complicit in a fraudulent election. You should preserve them for your own political strategy to make yourself look good. I mean, if there's fraud there, wouldn't you want to find it? Well, and. The only problem, you know, Doug, and I say this often, is the people who have committed these acts did so mostly knowingly. Some people didn't realize what they were doing. Maybe they were asked to do a task yeah. and it was nefarious in intent, but a lot of people knew. And if you knew and you participated, yes. and this is a yes. this is a treasonous act. I That's mean, a you're, very good you're point. part of taking down a government yes. and a country that yeah. didn't want to be taken down. Yeah. So. My thought Fair is enough. people are, you know, they really need to get that treason has very serious consequences. And treason definitely took place. So you could understand why people who who want to destroy the ballots maybe want to cover their tracks. Uh, but there are other ways to expose the treason too. But I'm, I, I, I could sympathize with the person who was trying to cover their tracks that they would want to destroy the records, but that should implicate them. Yeah, you, exactly. And I think you should make that argument publicly. There's law does not require you to destroy these. Why would you want to destroy them? You know, Doug, I really appreciate everything you've talked about. And, and it, you know, when you look at this situation in Maryland, and we're specific to Maryland, but I think what happened in Maryland happened everywhere. Absolutely. So. When you're going after these different jurisdictions, yeah. what is your thought to be able to prove the case and frankly stop the shred? Because I know that they've put through a, a request to save the evidence. Yeah. Because in any investigation outside of elections, yeah. you would preserve the evidence yes. while you're in the middle of the case. You would yeah. never let anybody destroy anything. And yet they've done it. Even under subpoenas, they've yes. destroyed evidence right. because they knew and they, they were should be get, held in contempt of court. They for were going to get caught. I mean, yes. they were going to get caught. Right. So, what is your thought about how do we uh, make the case for preserving the evidence? Well, in my understanding, in Maryland, you've already got a new lawsuit that was just dropped today. That's right. And if that's the case, it 
probably calls on some of this evidence. And so there's probably a preservation order associated with the case, I'm assuming. I think so. I don't know. We'll yeah. have somebody speak if about not, that. If not, make sure, make sure there, you put one in. And that's been the case across the country. There are a lot of states that, are file, that have lawsuits that are pending and preservation orders are in effect for that. Like a temporary restraining order to prevent them from shredding. Yeah, because they need them for the case, right? Yeah, very good. And, and so the court then will legally order, the judge at least, should immediately order that the evidence not be destroyed because it's part of a pending case. So I would, you know, if you're looking for a good strategy to sort of, well, I, I was going to say guarantee, but you, you can't guarantee anything, especially with our, some of our judges. But if you're looking for a way to try to guarantee preservation, get a lawsuit going that uses that as evidence. That's a clever strategy to sort of force preservation. It sort of pushes off the deadline, so to speak. Yeah, very good. Well, is there anything else you want to say about turning around the 2020 and what happens? Let's say they do decertify. Do you yeah. have any thought? And this may not be in your wheelhouse, but what what happens if they do decertify two or three of these cases and all of a sudden we know yeah. that the person who's sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue shouldn't be there? Well, we already know that. Okay, we <laughs> already true. know that. Uh, so, but, but what if those three states do decertify? Now, there, I have thought a lot about this, and we, and because I've participated in this, these lawsuits where we've, where we have, um, it's called a remedy, right? So in a lawsuit, you have a plaintiff, and 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 then you have a claim, and then there's a remedy if you win your claim, and the remedy uh, in a lot of our lawsuits are de is decertification. We prove the fraud, and the remedy is decertification. The thing about it is that it's more complicated than people think, because people think about just the top of the ticket. So let's say that Georgia and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin all decertified their elections. Yeah, the Congress seats are affected, everything. All the federal offices can be overturned by merely acts of the legislature alone, because the legislatures have plenary authority um, for all federal offices. So, in other words, the governor doesn't have anything to do with the Secretary of State doesn't have anything to do with the Senate doesn't have anything. The legislature of each state has plenary authority to, to, to decide the electors. So, let me deal with two things on this. First of all, our legislature has unfortunately become so progressive left. I call them regressive. Mm -hmm. They're really not progressive. They're very regressive. But they have no interest in doing the right thing right because there's a super majority for Democrats who right. are regressives who are right. controlling the uh, the our own cabal so wait till we have a cabal wait till in Hillary, Hillary loses then 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 they might be more interested right, right. and right. they were maybe more interested four years ago than they are now that's right right yeah. they've got total total power the second thing is where do the sheriffs fall in yes so um, sheriffs are important because sheriffs have local jurisdiction according to the Constitution. Uh, if you have a constitutional sheriff, one that you elected, his authority begins at the border. He can keep the federal government out. He has, or she has, I've met lots of good female sheriffs too, they have the authority to decide to protect the citizens of that county from the tyranny of government. So the state government can come in and say, we are insisting that you vote XYZ way. And the sheriff can say, we ain't voting that way because I got the keys to the building. And he has, he or she has jurisdiction in that county. So I always, one of the first questions I ask counties, I says, when you start doing some canvassing, when you get, get, you get evidence, take it to the clerk first, your county clerk, because a lot of times the evidence you find you think is evidence turns out to not be evidence and you need to find out those those first because you don't want to 
come with a whole bunch of false claims either. You know, get let them disprove or prove the claims you have. And then once you have some valid claims, take those to the sheriff and say, this is legally fraud. This is fraud. This is illegal. We've already passed it by the clerk. She's already said, yep, she can't explain this, can't explain that, blah, blah, blah. We would like a, an investigation into this fraud. It's, it's, it's illegal. It's a crime. And then your sheriff then validates that you have found election fraud. Then you go to court and say, we found evidence of fraud. Our clerk confirmed it. Our sheriff our sheriff has investigated it and confirmed this is fraud. We want an injunction filed against these machines and these systems because through these systems and machines, our right, our sacred right to vote, which you are required by law to guarantee, is being dis. We are being disenfranchised from that, and you are violating your oath of office if you continue using those machines. And so that that strategy is a very powerful strategy that works. Well, and to your point, you have to have a constitutional sheriff. You need it. If you don't have that, you're now it's harder. You're, yeah, it's and, not impossible. And we're going to actually we're going to actually interview in a, another segment the uh, Constitutional Sheriffs Association, and uh, yeah, good. And these are these are men and women who are dedicated to honoring their oath, and yes. I think that's something that's really been missing. You're seeing it in the judicial system, you're seeing it in many different levels. So I really want to thank you so much for your time. This will be on podcast, so you'll be able to listen. And yeah. God bless you. It's always great to see you. Likewise. Uh, yeah. Okay, everybody, you're listening to Success Happens. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. I want to thank our sponsors, Sweeties on the Creek. We're scooping now. Dianovich and Associates and Flamingo Pool Supply. We'll be right back. The following program does not necessarily reflect the views of the staff or management of WFMD. Free Talk, 930 WFMD. Welcome back to Success Happens. This is Jen, and it is great to be with you all today. That interview with Doug Frank was so profound in a lot of ways because it took place before some other things have since occurred. But what you're going to hear as we go through today is there is activity across the country to address the concerns of the people about election integrity, to, to get rid of election fraud, and frankly, to go back to paper ballots. One person, one vote, fill in the little dot, you're good to go. When we start introducing all of these mechanics, what has happened is the technology is so advanced, we literally can see, and we did at this Lindell Summit, uh, Moment of Truth Summit, we could see the flipping of the votes in time. So what essentially will happen is the votes will ratchet up, ratchet up, ratchet up. Let's say they have a candidate that's having a blowout result. But there's only so many people in the data pool to assign votes to. Or their votes have been used, and now there's a, a, a pool of people whose votes have not been used, and those get assigned. Now, this is hard to grasp if you haven't been in deep in this, because it's, what do you mean, they assign somebody's vote? We had eight instances in Harford County where individuals went to vote in the primary and were told they had already voted. They said, no, I haven't. They said, yes, you have. No, I haven't. Yes, you have. They went back and forth, back and forth. 
because of the ERIC system, E-R-I-C, which is in 30-plus states, or 30-plus states use that system, they know at any given time who's voted, who hasn't. And it's like going shopping for a vote. And if somebody's an inactive voter, which they reactivated a lot of inactive voters, which is why the voter rolls are so bad, and those available votes are being used to assign to votes. But here's the problem. If you have too many votes for the voters, you exceed 100%, and you can never exceed 100%. So from a data collection standpoint, that's why there's been so so many anomalies in the votes from 2020. What I think and what I've seen in some of the data is that in some cases, really great candidates got so many votes, they had to drop the level of number of votes. So they literally lost 30,000 votes in the primary. Let me say that again. They lost votes. You can't lose votes in a primary. You can only go up. So the absurdity of it is that they're reassigning. You're talking about reassignment of genders. We're talking about reassignment of votes. So what Doug is saying, and this is why it's so important I reach each and every one of you and all the people you know, that you must get out and vote the day of the election. Don't do early voting. Do not do early voting. When those early votes come in, they separate the ballot from the envelope, which is where the uh, verification of what the vote is. They, they, they lose the, um, the tracking of the vote. So do not do early voting. Go the day of, take a day off, do your civic duty, be a patriot, and vote the day of the election. We really need to get back to one day, one vote, one person, right? And then we'll have an honest election again. The equipment has been tampered with 100%, and they do know it connects to the Internet. So whenever somebody's saying that, they're speaking either of ignorance, out of ignorance, or out of uh, a, a an intention to deceive. So I want to go through a couple other things, and I've asked a friend of mine to come on and talk about the precinct strategy that that uh, Doug referenced. But before we do, I just want to say that, you know, Democrats are patriots, too. I can't tell you the number of people who said to me, I was a Democrat before 2020. You know, we have to remember that honesty and integrity is not party-specific. And there are some people, and I, I'm going to say it right here, um, as you know, I'm, I'm always willing to share my opinion. The MDGOP has some splaining to do. The PA GOP, shout out to Doug Mastriano, what he's been de- enduring up there. The PA GOP has been in cahoots with the Democrats. They don't represent the Republicans anymore. So this, these GOP organizations, I'm holding to account for not doing their duty and misrepresenting, frankly, what, what they are here to do because they're not serving us. The last thing I want to say is slow walking happens in government. The best way you want to take down a, a process is slow walk it. It's the kiss of death. 
So what they did with a lot of this uh, processing, and, and the courts were complicit, judges were complicit, Soros-installed judges were complicit in slow-walking these processes so that we would come up against the September 3rd deadline. The good news is the Patriots were on task. They filed lawsuits across the country to stop the shredding. And in many, many instances, it definitely got in the way of them uh, shredding the data. So good for them. That happened in Maryland. The result was after that filing that they, um, I believe, have stopped them from getting rid of that that data from the 2020 election okay because it's an investigation and it's evidence i want to bring on uh david if if david's on the line with us uh, david are you there i am here good morning welcome to success happens it's so great to have you here so david i wanted you to share with people if you would please uh what is the precinct strategy? Help us understand what that is and how can we participate? Sure, be happy to. Um, the precinct strategy, it's, it's an idea that Dan Schultz in Arizona came up with um, and he made it national. And you can find out more information about it on precinctstrategy.com. Um, people used to call it the precinct project, but due to confusion, it's now a precinct strategy, and it's frequently frequently mentioned on Steve Bannon's war room. Um, Steve Bannon is 100% behind it. Um, and basically what the core is, don't focus on creating a third party. The system is rigged against any third party. You know, it's, it's really built for the two-party system. So the idea is take back one of the parties, take back the Republican Party. Um, the Republican Party has basically gotten away from us. You know, you'll hear people now talk about the uniparty, that you can't distinguish between the Democrats and the Republicans. And you'll hear people say the Republican Party is full of rhinos. But we, we can change that. We can take back our Republican Party, um, kind of restore our core American values. You know, it's kind of what made America great and, we've, and what we've lost in this uh, large centralized federal government. Um, basically, when I talk about American values, I call it a home for those pro-America values. You know, the people, you'll hear America first, the people that believe America should lead, people that think America, the world is a better place when America leads. So um, it's not isolationism, as some people say. It's not Amer only America. It's America's first. Our policy should put us first with the idea that when we lead, the world's a better place. Um, well, so and that, if I may, let me piggyback on what you're saying. That is absolutely evidenced by the fact that we're on the brink of nuclear war right now. America is faltering. We, everybody needs to understand this whole gas pricing that dropped was because he used our oil reserves. So he could look good before an election so that the Democrats don't get as crushed as they're going to in this next election. So all of this is part of the de decline of America. And I think you're right, Dave. Yes. And, um, and so that, you know, in Maryland, it, we're, we're really active. I was going to say the precinct strategy it comes in multiple names, like 
And in Orlando County, we actually call it the Annapolis Precinct Strategy. You have groups in Harford County and Howard County called We the People. There are conservative groups in, um, in Frederick County up there. But the one thing that's true about all of those is they are, they are grassroots efforts that are not tied to the Maryland Republican Party. And, you know, you, you perfectly um, explain the problems with the Maryland Republican Party. So these groups are, by design, not attached to them. And by the way, um, I just heard rumor that, you know, the Maryland GOP is suffering financially. Well, they should be, because I've stopped giving to them, and other people like me have. Now, let's, let's go back to something on the precinct strategy. What exactly do you do in, in when you implement the precinct strategy? So um, in Anne Arundel County, um, what we do is, you know, first you've got to – get the location. So we meet in Annapolis, at Elks Club in Annapolis, and Elks Clubs are usually very supportive of these activities. Um, we we do things like um, we put America First candidates um, for things like the Central Committee. So the idea is taking back, starting at the lowest level, which is your local county Central Committee. And as a result, We've pretty much uh, taken over the Annapolis Republican Central Committee, where Annapolis is a very liberal city, but let's start with a strong central committee that starts, you know, setting the narrative and, and is actively selling Republican conservative values as opposed to what I call with the um, Republican Party. They're a bunch of defeatists that we can't win in Maryland. You know, the idea behind the street, the, the view of the precinct strategy is we can win if we sell our values. So we've also, um, in this last primary, 2022 primary, we, we're going to have the majority of the positions of the Anne Arundel County Central Committee. So between the new candidates that are America First and some of the existing um, members that are America First, we have a significant majority. So we'll set the narrative for county um politics republican politics um we're involved in election integrity and you know it's a great interview there with dr frank who actually uh was we invited him um maryland election integrity and other groups invited him here to maryland and he gave a great speech here in maryland and we just had professor clement speak but um And by the way, people, let me just give the listeners an understanding. These are highly accomplished professionals and experts in their field. They are literally expert witnesses when cases occur that they have to, you know, they're physicists and they're mathematicians and they're scientists. These are not, you know, just everyday Joes like me. You know, they they have the expertise to identify what the issues are and to testify to the veracity of the evidence. So um, when Doug said we have the evidence, he's not kidding. And they're fathers of young children and husbands who spend a lot of time on the road trying to restore confidence in our elections. 
So I want to take, uh, Dave, just hold on, if you would, please. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Success Happens on Free Talk 930 WFMD. Now, I have a big ask of you. Won't you please consider supporting our show with a small gift to cover coffee for my guests, airtime on WFMD, social media promotion, or media travel that brings you the critical information you need? A one-time gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Or please consider becoming a member of Success Happens for $25 a month. Together, we will make a big difference. Please go to givesendgo.com backslash donate success happens. Again, givesendgo.com backslash donate success happens to make a gift. Integrity, truth, and transparency on a solid foundation of faith in God remain fundamental to my work and critical, I believe, to save our country. Let's make success happen together. May God bless you and your family for your patriotism and support. Welcome back to Success Happens. I wanted to give you a flavor, a sense of that this is a, is a national um, effort to restore integrity to the election process and to identify election fraud where it happened and put the corrections in place. And if that means overturning the 2020, that's what it means. You know, anything's possible. I I live by that every day. So I'd like you to listen to this segment uh, from South Dakota. Uh, Hello, my name is Matthew Monfort. Uh, I'm 28 years old. I'm an ordained Baptist preacher. I've lived in Fall River County uh, for 24 years of my life. So the conclusion would be our end goal is this. We would like to have a special commissioner meeting to address election and machine fraud in the state of South Dakota, and particularly in Fall River County. Uh, We would like to investigate machines. We would like to get rid of electronic voting machines. And number four, we would like to get cast vote records, which are not proprietary information, but would uh, notify and give hard evidence that there has been election uh, machine manipulation in every county in the United States of America. We are tired of being gaslit uh, by uh, left-wing media because the Democrat Party, before previous to the 2020 election, repeatedly accused Donald Trump of stealing the election. They have repeatedly said that these machines are hackable. Uh, We believe that uh, President Biden is a fraudulent president and that elections have consequences and stolen elections have catastrophic consequences. I know that Joe Allen is a rancher. Uh, Pardon me, Joe Allen has a a campground, I believe. Joe Falkenberg has a ranch. Uh, Heath is talking about ranching. We're talking about gas prices. They want to destroy farming. They want to destroy ranching. They have a radical Marxist agenda, and we're fed up with it. We have gone to court in numerous cases, uh, and they're denying it on standing. They're not even looking at the evidence, okay? And so we have decided to take this county by county. there's a group out there called the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers of America, led by Sheriff Mack. I don't know if um, uh, Bob Evans is familiar with that. I would ask that uh, uh, Mr. Russell and Sue and uh, uh, Bob Evans, Sheriff Bob Evans, uh, public comment after uh, myself and Jeff O'Donnell are done speaking. Jeff O'Donnell, I've given you his biography. He is a computer expert. 
who has worked inside the machines, is going to be joining us here briefly. Over 40 years of successful private sector experience, uh, since graduating from the University of Pittsburgh, he has worked uh, with great companies like Rockwell International, Westinghouse Electric Nuclear, U.S. Steel, Mellon Bank, General Defense, the Penn State Applied Research Laboratory, and Concurrent Technologies. He is a computer expert. Him and Walter Dougherty wrote the Mesa County Report Number 3 in Mesa County, Colorado, where Tina Peters, the counter clerk, uh, took uh, forensic images of the uh, Dominion. They had Dominion down there, Dominion voting machines, uh, before uh, Dominion came and did what was called uh, uh, something build, I forget the exact term, uh, and uh, it was proven, they have proven a hard evidence that they have manipulated the machines and that the, uh, the machine uh, elections are not being uh, preserved according to federal statute. Now, as far as Fall River County, I know that we're an out-of-the-way county. You know, I'm not accusing Sue Ganji or you know, the commissioners of, of anything wrongdoing. Uh, this is simply above our, our pay grade and expertise. What, what has happened in America is the Dominion the, the, the election machines run our country. They're not accountable to the people. They're not open to audit. And right now, that is who runs our country. Uh, Fall River County, we have data. Uh, I gave you a number of graphs. Uh, our, um, what they are doing is electronically, they are, um, they are cooking the books. Voter registration, this is proof of that. You should not have 100% of a particular age group voting in a county. Uh, your auditor will tell you it's generally around 60% perhaps voter turnout. We have had cases where there's over 100% voter turnout. And I know for some of you this may be new. Uh, we've been working on this for a couple of years now, since the end of the 2020 election. We have concerns about our primary election. There's a graph in there as well, which Jeff O'Donnell works with with the Gordross group. Uh, one of the particular group uh, chart that you'll see was the Taffy Howard and Dusty Johnson race. Uh, as Joe, uh, Joe Falkenberg mentioned, we are tired of being misrepresented in uh, South Dakota as well, so we are concerned with that here in our state. In our county, we think that there was about 300 votes flipped uh, from Trump, even though Trump won our county, from Trump to Biden. Uh, and Jeff O'Donnell has, uh, is the expert on this, so I'm going to turn it over to him. Uh, before I do, I want this on record. There are other counties that are voting to get rid of fraudulent machines. Otero County in New Mexico uh, recently did this. Nye County in Nevada. I know there's another county in um, Colorado has also been mentioned. And as far as the sheriffs are concerned, uh, these sheriffs now are calling for investigations. The sheriff's mailing in uh, Racine County, amongst other sheriffs across our nation, they're saying we're we tired of this, we're going to investigate these machines, and we're going to hold these people accountable. Because uh, they don't run our country, we do. So that was a, an in, uh, a meeting in South Dakota, but you can hear even when he shared. I thought it was a really good in, interview and I'm, uh, or segment. And I apologize for the bad audio, but this was an opportunity to hear the what's happening across the country. And and we will sorry for that. We will have an opportunity to hear more about the different cases. So it's important for you to investigate some things. Go on to Brave and, and uh, use Brave to search election fraud, election integrity in the various states. Tina Peterson is a hero out of Colorado. Learn her story. They arrested her because she captured the evidence. So they're uh, using the judicial system, unfortunately, to um, bring about the fraud. Dave, just to wrap up, we just have a couple minutes here. What say you about all this uh, as, we, as we go to you know, end of show here? We've got about 30 seconds for you to kind of give your thoughts. I think the number one thing 
that we need to restore is confidence in our election system. All of these folks you're, you put on today and the things that we've talked about is the lack of trust. If we can't trust our election system, then we really can't trust the government that um, that basically is is leading us, not controlling us, but actually they want to control us. It's leading us. So we need to restore confidence in our election system and the items that the work that they're doing, the precinct strategy groups that are forming around the country. That's exactly what their goal is. Restore confidence and take back their their government. Return to the you know, the we the people. Well, I thank you so much for being available to share. You've been very involved in this down in Anne Arundel County and across the state, and I appreciate your time and attention on this because you bring a certain level of expertise. And everybody who's working on this brings their talents to bear. God made us the way they made us. And if you're good at communications, you do that. If you're good at IT, you do that. If you're just good at speaking to people or researching, you do that. We're all working together. Please, everybody, if you see something, say something, reach out to natalieaboss13 at gmail.com. Right now during this election cycle, it's important to track the election fraud if it's occurring. News Radio.